Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a senior director at CFGI, where I help my clients with their most important finance and accounting needs. Today, we're going to be talking about how to protect the balance sheet. And my guest is Greg Hausen, Vice President of Property and Casualty at USI. Greg, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you, Dave. Really appreciate uh, you letting me on this morning. That's a pleasure. Tell the audience a little bit about who you are. So as you mentioned, Greg Housen, Vice President of Property and Liability Insurance at USI Insurance Services. And I live in Malvern with my wife and five, ki five kids. And I got in the insurance business after college. I spent some time kicking around some different jobs. And from that, I uh, decided sales is really where I wanted to be. And so the insurance industry called me and I spent 17 years at a local broker, and now I'm with USI, which is a national broker. Okay, so I thought we might start off by, by getting a frame for what's going on in the market, and I just want to preface this by saying that for most people, insurance is not usually a fun and sexy topic, and I know we're going to try and uh, change that paradigm today, uh, because it is important. That's why I wanted to talk about this from the context of protecting the balance sheet, because that's really what it is. So uh, what's news in the insurance market? Well, first of all, you are right that uh, generally people don't think of it as a very sexy topic, but it is an important topic. Everyone needs insurance and everyone has insurance, as we like or to say, have or insurance. should have insurance. Right. That's correct. Uh, what we like to say is it's the only thing that you have to buy that you hope you never have to use. Um, so the marketplace right now is in a bit of flux. For the last seven quarters, there's been a property, there's been rate increases throughout the insurance market some sectors being hit harder than others. For example, property insurance. You can see a property owner should expect at least a 10 to 15% rate increase on their standard portfolio. However, if they've had losses, that's gonna be higher. And then if they're in a catastrophic area, for example, if they're in Florida or the coast of Texas or California, they should expect that number to be even greater, 35, 40%. Yeah, so flood and hurricane risk, things like that. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. Another one of the areas that is increasing right now is directors and officers liability. Litigation is higher, jury awards are, are greater. So public DNO and uh, private company, directors and officers liability is higher. Cybersecurity, that's one area that I know we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, umbrella pricing, again, that is increasing as well. And last but not least is business auto, and that has to do with a couple different factors, again, which we can touch on later. Okay, do you mind if we unpack them a little bit? Not at all. One? Because I, I think you know, there's a lot of folks that listen and watch that, that are certainly well-schooled in these types of things, but uh, we've got entrepreneurs, and, and I know that you work a lot with CFOs, and sometimes CFOs are taking on a lot more responsibility. Insurance is one of them, so it may be beneficial if we just talk about each a couple of these lines anyway, and okay. kind of what they are, define them, and, and why they are important. Right. Maybe any blind spots. Um, why don't we talk first about umbrella insurance? Okay. What, what does umbrella mean? So uh, umbrella, think of it as an extra layer atop of what you'd normally buy. So you have a auto insurance policy. Say it's a $300,000 limit on that. You can buy a million dollar umbrella, which goes over that. So in other words, right now with 300,000 limits of liability, if you had a $500,000 claim, 200,000 is coming out of your pocket. If you have that extra layer of umbrella of a million, it's all going to be covered by the insurance company. Okay, gotcha. DNO, directors and officers. Directors and officers. This protects the board members of the organization. So 
in many states, they are financially, excuse me, personally responsible for the decisions that they make that affect the company. So they can be held personally liable. So it's important for a individual to make sure before agreeing to serve on a board to make sure that the proper limits, especially of the DNO, are in place for them. That's going to protect them in the event that they are brought into a lawsuit. Yeah, how important is DNO in the uh, context of a merger or acquisition transaction? Extremely important. Yeah, can yeah. you speak to that? Because again, a lot of the folks watching and listening are in the deal space, or again, CFOs or CEOs who may be involved in a transaction. Why does this matter? So it, it matters because of the longevity of the program, and what I mean by the program is the directors and officers policy. So if a merger and acquisition happens, and then five years down the road, there is a problem that goes back to before the merger or acquisition happened, then that policy, if it's not properly extended, is going to have expired and there will be no coverage then. So whose responsibility is it to make sure that the, the DNO language uh, and policy is worked into uh, the transaction documents? Is that purely the attorneys? Not necessarily. Uh, say one thing that I do when a company is looking to do a merger or acquisition is they will come to us for a due diligence on their current insurance program. And we will basically unpack that whole insurance program, mm -hmm. analyze it, make sure it is uh, where it should be, make sure it's gonna be where it should be. But first and foremost then is make sure that when we look at something in the future, that anything that comes back to get them from the past will be covered as well. Okay. So uh, I put the onus really on a broker. Okay. Uh, before we were going on the air, you started to talk a little bit about um, the USI tool, the One Advantage, I think you called it. Correct. Yes, that's USI's brand is the USI One Advantage, and One is an acronym. Uh, the O stands for Omni, and that's our proprietary, exclusive, one-of-a-kind, knowledge-based uh, data center. And what it is is we can enter some publicly available information into our system, and it'll generate up to 60 or 70 business issues with a solution, a financial impact, and a case study. And what it allows us to do is have some talking points when we go meet a client right away. And the nice thing about it is the more information that you have and the more precise that information this has, the better the outcome. And just really quick, the N is the network. We have 7,000 individuals nationwide which helped build the Omni, taking on their knowledge. Um, and we are fully integrated, so we can tap into any of those resources at any time. And the last part is the E, which is the enterprise. And what that is, is basically bringing the Omni and the network together to develop the most efficient, effective insurance program for our clients. Okay. Um, I mentioned briefly or alluded to the idea that CFOs are taking on a lot more responsibilities and, and insurance may be one that's being dumped on them. Um, business owners, entrepreneurs, they may or may not have um, a full breadth of knowledge around insurance and, and what the options are and so forth other than somebody's told them you need to do that. If we're talking, if you're talking to that part of the audience right now, what advice might you offer to those CFOs who are newly handling these things or those entrepreneurs who really need to know more? Great question. And w that's one of the things that I really enjoy about my job as well is getting to know people, getting to know what moves them, what strive, what, uh, pushes them and their culture. What, what's their business appetite? What are, they, what are they looking for? What are they looking at? And I would say the biggest piece of advice is you don't necessarily know what you don't know. And so it's important to have experts on the outside, be it insurance or be it other disciplines, 
uh, act on a consultative basis to be able to help them through those and be able to be a good sounding board. I'll tell people all the time, if you just want a second set of eyes or if you just want to give me a call to run something by me, that's fine. I'm not going to hold you to anything else. And some of those aren't even clients. Yeah. Blind spot. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah, those are the biggest ones. That's right. And, and insurance, the first time you find out about it, might be in a very expensive time. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure, touch on that in a little bit. But for the moment, for the folks watching, listening, want to know more about you or how they might work with you, what's the best way for them to reach you, Greg? So the best way to reach me would be my cell phone. That's 610-757-8160. Or you can email me at greg.housen at usi.com. Very good. We only have a couple of minutes left in this first segment, so I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of cyber just yet. We'll, we'll kick off the second segment with that. But Sounds good. In, in the spirit of following up on the blind spot reference, um, are there best practices that you might recommend to the CFOs and to the business owners, again, who are maybe perhaps just implementing an insurance program? Again, a good question. Um, some of the best practices are benchmarking. So, for example, that's one of the things that we can do with our Omni system that I touched on earlier, is that what, are, what is your peer group purchasing? Not only in terms of limits, but what are they paying? What's the retention? And what type of coverages might be new out there? There's emerging trends going on all the time with insurance. We talked about cyber briefly. Up until 10 years ago, that wasn't something that was readily available, and the insurance market didn't really understand it. And frankly, it's still ever ever-changing now. Yeah. So is the benchmarking data something that you provide? It is, yes. We'll provide that to our clients. Any aha moments as you've been working with clients over the years? Absolutely, yes. We had uh, one client where we showed a benchmarking report on an umbrella that we talked about earlier, and basically no one in his peer group had purchased that low of a limit. And his joke was, you couldn't find just one, just one person that did it. So that was a aha moment for us as well as for the client. So that was a mindset where maybe they were thinking about cost more than That's exactly value. right. Yes. And look, anybody who's in professional services deals with that every day when they're talking with clients and prospects, right? It's about the, the price and value paradigm. That's exactly right. So what's your secret sauce then in terms of helping your clients uh, understand the value of what you're bringing to the table and looking beyond just the mere cost of it? Try to tie a financial impact to it. So for example, uh, if you're a multifamily housing owner and you have 300 units in a building, excuse me, in the complex, and you collect $12,000 annually in rent, that's gonna be a total of 3.6 million annually in rent. Say that building burns, one building burns to the ground and you lose 30 units. It's a pretty big loss of income. While that building's being rebuilt, coverage is gonna be provided for that loss of income. However, when the building is done being rebuilt, you're not gonna be 100% leased up. You're gonna need some additional coverage, extended coverage until the building is fully leased up. And, and that could run you easily six figures in what you would lose. And if that's not written properly and not addressed, that's a pretty big gap in coverage. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for us to take a commercial break. So Greg, sit tight. Uh, folks watching and listening, we'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick pause. Don't go anywhere. I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack, I need something healthy, tasty, and easy to eat. Like wonderful pistachios without the shells. They're protein powered, delicious, and great on the go. And that's perfect for me. Thanks, Liz. A woman without 
A lot of time. Whether you're a gourmet cook or just want to eat like one, visit Rostelli Market Fresh, your home for the freshest locally sourced ingredients to please everyone who loves great food. Our organic meats, quality seafood, and free-range poultry are cut fresh to order. Chefs create culinary-inspired prep foods made fresh every day, which pair nicely with our vast selection of fine wines and spirits. Choose from handmade pastas, artisan cheeses, organic produce, and grocery items, all from the finest purveyors. Rostelli Market Fresh, from our family to yours. RVN TV is a platform for people of any industry to share their story. Over 285,000 viewers are tuning in to RVN TV shows monthly. We guarantee a great experience that you'll be sharing with everyone you know while increasing your personal and company's brand awareness. But what is your brand? According to Forbes, it's a combination of your logo, your product, your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. Uh, we are talking about how to protect your balance sheet with Greg Housen from USI. And uh, hopefully so far so good in making uh, the topic of insurance just a little bit more sexy. Doing our best. That's what we were joking about <laughs> off camera, so that's why I was laughing when we came back from the break. Um, so Greg, I wanted to start this second segment here with, with cyber. Uh, I've had a couple of guests on the program recently where we've devoted basically almost the entire program to the discussion of cyber. It's a huge topic um, everywhere you go, whether you're just in business or just a consumer or what have you, it, it's impacting everybody. I really wanted is. to get you to weigh in on cyber and its impact. Cyber is something that, it, it, again, it's not sexy. It, it's not something that people are acutely aware of or wanting to look at right away. But in my opinion, it's one of the most important topics you can have because it is so undervalued. So, and it keeps evolving on a day-to-day -day basis, as we know, the, the bad guys seem to be one step ahead of, of everyone else. So uh, let's take a manufacturer, for example. And if they make $2 a profit, on each item that they manufacture, and they don't have the proper cyber coverage in place, and their manufacturing process, the, the system that they have in place, gets hacked and held for ransom, and they're down three days, that, that's a pretty big loss of revenue, and they're gonna have to manufacture uh, 600,000 units to make up for that loss of business if they're manu manufacturing 100,000 a day. So, wow. yeah, it's a big number. I, I want you to talk a little bit more about that because in the, in the prior conversations that uh, we've had here in the program about cyber, a lot of it's been around data privacy, but not specifically drilling into hacking a manufacturing process. Talk a little bit more about that. 
That is important to know because most people think it is just data privacy. Uh, I've had many a client say, oh, all our stuff's stored off-site, we're in the cloud, we don't keep any data. There's much more to cyber liability than just data privacy. Uh, you mentioned, as we talked about, the manufacturing. So that's where hackers come in and they literally take over your manufacturing computer operation and they hold it for ransom and they demand a payment be made to turn it back over back wow. to the company and, and this is this happens all the time and you know, normally when we talk about data privacy a lot of those we'll call them breaches um, are at the front end right maybe uh, an employee gets an email and maybe they're multitasking and just a little bit lazy and opening something that looks like it's a friendly Correct. one. Correct. It's called a phishing scheme. Yeah. So what, what's the, the method of attack in, in terms of getting into a manufacturing process? They're, they're really just able to hack into the system, if you will. It's that simple. Hack into the system and take over control. And they won't give, won't release control until that payment is made. And, wow. and there's many different other kinds. Uh, there's one that, that has happened to more people than I can count. It's called social engineering. And what that is, is say you're the CFO of a company and I'm the CEO. I'm out of town and you get an email from me or what appears to be from me and it says, Dave, please send a check for $100,000 to this vendor and here's all the new instructions. They just recently changed their bank. Here's the new instructions. Do you say, oh, this is from Greg. I better take care of this right away. So off goes the check. The vendor calls three days later and says, hey, um, we're still owed $100,000. You say, I sent that to you three days ago. We don't have it. Long story short, that was social engineering. It was an email that looked like it was from me and went to you, and you just took it and ran with it. Wow. So what, what does cyber insurance actually cover? What it, are we protecting? Well, A, you're protecting that $100,000. Yeah. In the manufacturing process, it'll pay for that ransom. So usually it's some kind of cyber currency, such as Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So it'll pay for that ransom. Then there's a business income component that would pay for at least a portion of that lost revenue from when their operations was shut down. Okay. And have you had any circumstances, I imagine you have, where your clients have had to, um, we'll call it enforce that cyber insurance? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they're grateful that they had it because previously they may not have had it. Yeah, because business interruption obviously is, is the opportunity cost. But um, it, what I heard you say was it, it pays the ransom. Right. Is, that's really the only way out of this at that point? It is. It is. And, and the good news is that once the ransom is paid, about 98% of the information and the system is restored. Okay. What about the data privacy aspect of it? Because that was fascinating around the, the proprietary technology aspect of it. But with regard to data privacy, whether it's customers or uh, whether it's a B2B or B2C relationship, uh, what does cyber do with regard to that data and what might happen for you know, a consumer who may ultimately get hacked? Good question. So that is, that is an area that, again, most people think of right away when they think of cyber liability. So the, the data, once it's gone, it's gone. But what they can do is it can pay for the credit monitoring. It can pay for any kind of help to get your identity or your data back if it's, depending on what type of data it is. But, but once hackers have it, they usually get it and they sell it. So really the part is uh, data monitoring mm -hmm. and then also um, any kind of financial impact that you might see beyond that. 
So if, for example, if, you, uh, if your data is hacked and your credit card is stolen and you are charged up a, uh, X number of dollars, then you go back to the company and say, this isn't me, this is because of the data breach. It can provide coverage for that as well. Okay, so you mentioned um, when we were talking before we went on about Target, it was an interesting little fact that you shared. You wanna share that with the audience? Sure. The Target data so, breach so, of a so few years ago? Target data breach from a few years ago, it, it was actually not direct through Target. What that was is that they went through one of their vendors out in the western part of Pennsylvania to backdoor into Target and that's how they got in. So a small company, I think the moral of the story is a small company may think, well, I'm not gonna be a target for anyone. I'm a, I'm a three or four person company. You absolutely are a target, not only for the data, but where that a breach could eventually take you, who your customers are, basically. So the tentacles really can be very far reaching. Yeah, wow. So when you're working with clients and, and they're involved and interested in cyber insurance, does that change their mindset at all about the level of vigilance that they apply to their systems to protect? Or is it sufficient in their minds to say, well, we're covered if, as opposed to let's prevent? No, they are actually in prevention mode. They, they really want to prevent it from happening at all costs. Uh, because as you probably are aware, uh, when you have an insurance claim, ultimately, you're going to see some kind of rate increase. And in this volatile time right now, where the insurance market is volatile, um, you, can, you want to do everything you possibly can do to avoid any type of claims. Gotcha. Uh, Greg, how's the, what's the best way for people to uh, contact you if they want to learn more about you or work with you? It's uh, Greg Housen, and the cell number is 610-757-8160. And my email address is greg.housen at usi.com. Call them up. Uh, we only have a few minutes left here, so I want to just shift gears away from cyber unless okay. there's anything else you wanted to add to that before we move no, on. I think that was great. Okay. Um, gaps. Gaps in coverage. Talk about that. So the standard off-the-shelf policies oftentimes come with some gaps. The consumer may or may not know about these gaps. That's where it's important to have a good consultant. Yeah, and why don't you explain what they are? Okay. Well, I'll give you one for example. Um, what we talked about it earlier, the business income gap um, for an extended time period. So one thing that we do well at USI is when we see a gap or a shortfall in a standard off-the-shelf policy, we'll either close that gap or we'll develop our own program if the gap's big enough. So for example, for a manufacturing client, we have a product called CargoSafe, which covers everything in the supply chain that simple. But going back to the business income, let's say, for example, that uh, manufacturer, same one we talked about before, is $2 per unit is their profit. And their business income limit, they have a $5,000 shortfall on that. Well, they're shut down for a few days. And that $500,000 shortfall is going to take another 250,000 units to recover that money if they had the proper business income limit, then that would have been covered in full. And, and really what that is is just diligence of the individual that is their insurance broker, basically, yeah. making sure that that number is accurate. It's very important to have that number accurate. On the other hand, I had a client where that number was too high. So they were overpaying for something that they would never use. So we were able to get that, get that limit down and save them some money. 
Okay. Do you have a crystal ball with you today? I want to ask you a question about the future for your industry. It's broken, but I'll do my best. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. What, what's your take? I think we're going to continue in a hard market, which means increasing rates through this year. And depending a little bit on what the catastrophic claims look like, hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides, yeah. wildfires, et cetera, et cetera, depends, will, will really dictate what we're going to look like in 2021. We went through about a 10-year period of pretty soft market where rates were really going down. So the market is playing catch-up, if you will. You hear about a market correction on this yeah. with the stock market, same thing with the insurance industry. Very good. Well, thank you for spending time with us today on Behind the Numbers. It was a pleasure having you, thank Greg. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we've been talking about how to protect your balance sheet with Greg Housen, who's Vice President at USI Insurance Services. Uh, my name is Dave Bookbinder. If you want to learn more about me or wanted to schedule a conversation, feel free to reach out. You'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you again for watching and listening. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please do hit the subscribe button and you'll be able to stay in, in contact with everything that we're up to. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time, take care.